This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Skin Wade, and you're listening to The Step Back, a badass name podcast. Welcome back to The Step Back, everybody. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. we got a lot of good stuff for y'all tonight. We're going to recap the Mavs' loss to the Miami Heat, the last time Dirk and D-Wade will ever play against each other. Uh, we got our guy Mike Fisher coming on to talk a little bit about Dirk and D-Wade. Uh, we get into some free agency stuff, and then we, we end it by – uh, talking about Rick Carlisle and uh, the the rumor that the Lakers are gonna you know try to steal him away from the Mavericks, but we got all that and more coming up for you. But first, our friend Drew Pot. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Yeah, Look with the ball, tragic. yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Don't got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Set out I'm rapping, God. If Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps. Looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, I ain't talking hats. Dang, go relax, kill that champ. Diva still coming with the calibers. Alright, Matt. We're going to jump right into it. The Mavs, they lost to the Miami Heat on Thursday night, 105-99. Uh, they were up by 7 going into the fourth quarter. They got outscored by 13 in that fourth quarter. Uh, so, what are your initial thoughts on the Mavs' loss? I think I know what you're going to say, but i got to ask you anyway. Uh, my man... Uh... My man Goran Dragic is going to look really good in the Mavs uniform next year, isn't he? Yeah, yes he is. I, look, I'm glad I'm glad he had his triple double and he he completely dominated in that fourth quarter, but at at a certain point I was just like, "Please stop. Like <laughs> have mercy, please, cuz it it was it was unreal how he just snatched that game away from the Mavs and you know, uh I really wanted this win. I know you felt differently, but you know it's the last time Dirk and D Wade are going to play against each other. It was in the arena. The Mavs won their title back in 2011. I just I really wanted this win. I understand that it's probably in their best interest that they didn't win it, but I can't I can't shake it, Matt. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've wanted every single win this season, so I oh, I get it. That's true. Like <laughs> I I get I get not wanting to lose to the Heat, but it's for the best it's it's for the best it's for the best of the future of the franchise. Um to lose as many games as possible uh, you know, before the end of the season and, and try and sneak ahead of Atlanta. But let's be clear about something else though. Dragic didn't dominate the fourth quarter he dominated the entire game he dominated the from the opening tip until the you know until the final whistle he controlled the pace of the game he did everything he wanted and he showed up frankly his little brother uh luca you know and they exchanged jerseys after the game which was great um i'm pretty sure that Dwayne Wade. See, this is something you should feel good about. I'm pretty sure that Dwayne Wade wanted to change jerseys with Luca because he's the he's the he's the shiny new toy, uh, and that's been his thing. You know, this whole season is exchanging jerseys in every game because he's such a whatever. But <laughs> Luca ended up doing it with Dragic, and you could see him looking back at at. At D Wade, who was forced to exchange jerseys with Devin Harris, because that's probably the only guy that wanted to do it with him. And 
and he's just looking at, at Dragic and uh, and Luca like, dude, this is my thing, and they're just, like they're the ones with all the cameras and the flashes and and all that stuff. So that should be your small yes. victory. Well, that and then somebody somebody pointed out to me uh, pretty quickly on Twitter in the aftermath because I mean I was I was pretty upset about that about that loss. I really really wanted the Mavs to win this one. I. I wouldn't have cared if they lost every game the rest of the season, even the home finale, because I believe that Dirk's coming back for his 22nd season. I just wanted them to win this game. And I know you said I've been wanting them to win every game. That, you know, that is kind of true. Uh, <laughs> but You've literally texted me after every loss, like, man, I really wanted that one. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> can't that, is not that is an over-exaggeration. <laughs> That's like 75% true. Okay, it's seventy five percent true, but it it is an over exaggeration. <laughs> the you know I, I I will not be rooting for wins in the Grizzly games coming up here in about a week. So <laughs> the the back to back Grizzly games, you can guarantee that I'm not gonna text you. Man, I really wanted those because I do not. <laughs> but well. I mean. One one thing that a guy pointed out to me shortly after that game ended, uh, the the last possession or for uh, the last one on one matchup with Dirk and Wade, it was uh it was there in the the fourth quarter and I believe the Heat had a chance to take the lead. They eventually took the lead anyway. Uh, no, it wasn't. The, the Heat already had the lead. I'm sorry. I'll get my story straight here in a second. But the Heat already had the lead. Uh, Wade was going to try and put it away by uh, making it a two-possession game. He shoots over Dirk from the corner, and Dirk runs out, contests it, and it's just a brick by Wade. So that that was a small victory that I can take away from it just to kind of, you know, not think about it as much. But Oh, it just, it, it annoys me, Matt. I can't, <laughs> I'll be fine in the morning, uh, you know, and there after that, but I just, I, I can't get over it right now. Well, here's something else to make you feel better. Uh, Dirk had a better line than D-Wade in their final matchup. You know, they both had 11 points, but Dirk was 4 of 10, D-Wade was 4 of 14, Dirk had 9 rebounds and 2 assists and a block, and, and D-Wade had... You know, two rebounds and two assists. He did have four steals, but I'm you know, telling you, man, um, I'm, I don't I'm count that last you. one against Brokoff because that was just. I mean, I think it was uh, it was it was Kirk Henderson who, who said it on Twitter. It was like a high school play by Brokoff on that one, but he played better than 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 Dwayne tonight, and uh, you know, I think that says something too. Look, I'm telling you, man, unless. Unless there is some kind of freak injury, and we, we kind of thought that might have happened b- before this game, actually, because some, I think it might have been a, a Miami Heat employee. I, I haven't confirmed this yet, but they were doing warm ups. Do some investigative reporting. Yeah, I need to investigate and like get some clarification on this. But there was this dude walking across the court, uh, past the the mid court line, and. Uh, dropped a towel or something and Dirk was going back past the three-point line and he slipped on it and he stayed down for a while and I think he left and he eventually eventually came back for warm-ups but somebody in the nosebleeds took a video of it happening and I was just thinking oh my god this is how it's going to end isn't it <laughs> Miami a Miami Heat employee has sabotaged Dirk uh, he's heard the rumors that Dirk might come back another season and they just can't have that they can't have <laughs> Dirk not going to the Hall of Fame with Wade or something stupid like that but yeah. uh, or maybe D Wade I, I do. maybe D, <laughs> maybe D Wade just walked over and was like hey I'll, I'll throw you $100 if you go you know drop that towel in Dirk's <laughs> way when he's running back to the line so I don't have to worry about him playing better than me tonight yeah I, I mean obviously obviously we're we're joking about all this but it, it's really funny to think it, just watch it go go watch that video i retweeted it it's on my timeline somewhere down there but if you if you just watch it it just like how did that towel f- just fall like that i don't know I, I, like you said i may have to do some more investigative uh reporting on this and get back with everybody but i do think Dirk's going to come back i think 
next year will definitely be his last year. Um, but I mean, he's looked good. He's looked good this this last little part of the season. He says he feels good. Uh, we know that Kristaps Porzingis has been uh, really, really getting after him behind the scenes to come back and play one season with him. Uh, so I, I really think it's going to happen. Well, he's not just feeling good. He he said he's feeling the best he's felt all season, which I think is huge. I think right. that's a huge indicator of, of how he's going to feel heading into the off season. And you know, we all know Luca and KP are campaigning him, but you know, he seems to really enjoy being around the two of them. Like, I don't know if anybody saw Tim McMahon's video on Twitter earlier before, but he was talking, or they were, you know, the media was huddled around uh, Dirk before the game. You know, I know we can't use any of this as, as quotes in our story, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but quote, uh, quotes, quotes given to a you know to a group of of media members you know in the in the public is apparently exclusives. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, so he you know he was just joking about how you know Luca doesn't listen to anything he says, and Chris Stapps shows way more respect and all this stuff. And it's just like you can tell that he really you know really likes being around those kids. And I feel weird calling them kids, but I'm eight years older than KP, which is, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think I think things are trending in the right direction for that. I mean, I don't want to have a whole other podcast about Dirk coming back, but it. I think with the loss and the way Dirk played better than D Wade, and you know, Justin Jackson, I thought played really well. Um, we got That's to see a preview of, of, yeah, we got to see a preview of future Dallas Maverick, Goran Dragic. Um, you know, so it, I, I think it was, I think it was a really good night overall. And by, I, I know by it the way, losing to the heat, but by the way, to all of our listeners out there from now on, if we mention Dragic on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. That's what Matt's going to be saying is is future Dallas Maverick until he becomes a Dallas Maverick. That's <laughs> just going to will that's it how, into existence, right? <laughs> we're gonna first. We're gonna. Uh, I think we need to do that with Zion first, and then we can you know continue on with the the Dragic stuff. But speaking of willing stuff into existence and Zion and all that stuff, just a quick tankathon update, and then. Uh, We'll take a little break and we'll get to fish here shortly. But with that loss, the Mavs are 29 and 46. They're one game, quote unquote, ahead of uh, Memphis for the the six best odds in the lottery. They're only two games back of Atlanta. Atlanta's won three straight. They're playing really good basketball right now. Uh, so I mean, I think I still think sixths. Uh, the six best odds is is where the Mavs will end up, which is I mean that's fine. I mean they they they'll have a a nine percent chance at the overall pick. They'll have a thirty seven point two percent chance at getting a top four pick. Uh, but it's not out of the question that they that they could potentially catch Atlanta, which would give them a forty two percent chance of t- keeping a top four pick and a ten point five percent chance at the top pick. So, um. Uh, that's where the Mavs currently are. They've still got those two really big games coming up in about a week, uh, back-to-backs against Memphis. Uh, Matt, how, how are you feeling about the, the tank race right now? Well, I actually feel really good about it because, you know, uh, Atlanta plays um, on Friday against Portland, who just unfortunately in a terrible, terrible injury, it's – Makes me sick to my stomach, both because I like the player and just because it's a terrible injury. Yeah, that uh, was awful, Nurk- man. Yusuf Nurkic is out for the season, um, and so the you know Portland's been great this year, but he's been he's a huge part of what they do. So um, that's probably going to end up being a win for the Hawks, who who have been like you said, been playing outstanding, um, and you know they're they're trying to win games for whatever reason, probably because you know. They think, hey, we got a, we got one lottery pick no matter what. If we get two, that's gravy. But, you know, we just want to develop our young guys, which I think is a good mentality to have, and I don't blame them one bit. And Memphis, as um, you know, as, as we know, they they don't really want to convey that pick to – or they, they do want to convey that pick to Boston. They don't really want to keep it because 
they just want a clean slate moving forward in their draft capital. So, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think with both of those teams actively trying to win and the Mavericks only being two back of Atlanta, it, I, I feel pretty good about it. I, I, I was not feeling great about it the other day after, you know, after they uh, just thrashed Golden State. But, you know, I got over it. <laughs> and <laughs> they can't. They can't lose every game. They, they were due. Yeah, yeah. They were. I mean, I know they won against the Cavs here recently. Uh, Everybody when I was when I was there with you in the press box, and we were <laughs> we were talking about that was just a scheduled win, but that wasn't like a win-win. You know what I mean? Like we knew what was going to happen before that game even even tipped off. The Warriors yeah. win. Even though even though Steph didn't play, you still they still had KD and Clay and Draymond and Boogie, and the Mavs just went in there and completely thrashed them at Oracle the last time they'll ever play at Oracle. So, I mean that that was pretty cool. So I mean yeah, we, well Draymond is the most overrated player in basketball, but even without Steph and I mean he's. He's just a waste of space, in my opinion. He doesn't even play defense that well anymore. Um, even with KD and Clay and um, and Boogie, that's still probably the best team in the NBA. So it, it was it was a crazy night. And and just um, a, and just a quick note, I'm I'm going back to the Hawks here, and we're talking about how good they've been playing, and uh, as well as they've been playing, that's what makes me think that you know the, the Mavs could potentially end up with those fifth uh, fifth best odds, but. Uh, Trey Young, he's been good. Uh, he's really been great uh, here this second half of the season. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but he is going to be a very worthy runner-up, and he's going to have great stats to show for it. But uh, with Atlanta, I mean, people aren't talking enough about how, how good John Collins and Kevin Herter have been for them too because uh, as good as Trey has been, those two guys have been really good as well. And, I mean, they've – uh, they've got a really bright future in the East. So I just wanted to point that out. I mean, Trey's been great, but I don't think John Collins and, and Herter are getting the the attention that, that they deserve. Well, no, let, let's talk about that for, for a second, and then we can, then we can go to Fish. Um, Atlanta scares the shit out of me in the future. <laughs> You've told me this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that Atlanta, and it's I think it's actually kind of cool because you know the, these two teams are going to be linked because of you know the Trey Luca trade and and all that, but it's almost like a magic bird situation. They're, like this is people talked about it with LeBron and and Carmelo how they could you know face off in all these championships. Well, Carmelo never really he never made a finals, so this is the first time that two rookies have come in at the same time and been in position to, to make multiple finals against each other. And that's, that, I think that's really cool. And it's going to be something I'm going to love watching going forward. That would be horrible for my blood pressure, Matt. It would be horrible. If Luca, if Luca could win the majority of those hypothetical multiple finals in the future, that would that would be okay, but oh my goodness, I I can't even imagine. But Dalton, but I know I get that. I I get that'd be bad for your blood pressure, and I get uh, whatever. But I mean, that would be great for the NBA. That I mean, having another Magic and Larry Bird saved the NBA, and the NBA doesn't need saving, but it needs a fresh. It needs it needs a fresh new energy. I mean, people are getting tired of the whole LeBron thing. They're getting tired of the Warriors. If Luca and Trey can develop into that, the, the Hawks and the Mavericks into that kind of rivalry, where they're they're constantly facing off against each other, and and you know in the finals, and they're battling back and forth every year for this award and that award and and all that, I think that would be great for the NBA. It would be new and it would be fresh. And I, of course, I want Luca to win all of that shit, but like, I I think it would be really fun. And I don't. I, I know I I come off as that I hate Trey Young. I really don't. I just he's good. He's really he's freaking really good. good. It annoys me that people think that both of these guys can't be good at the same time. Right, and but, I I have I mean, nothing. It is what it is. I have absolutely nothing against Trey Young, and I know 
I get baited into some of these some of these pointless debates on Twitter about the rookie of the year stuff, but that doesn't mean I don't like Trey Young. The dude is absolutely amazing. He has done some really special stuff in Atlanta. But all you have to do is go to NBA.com or basketballreference.com and do a little bit of, you know, research looking at each each player's stats and advanced stats and you know all that kind of stuff and it's it's clear that as good as Trey has been Luca's been better and that's not me being a homer that's just me looking at the stats and and saying it how it is so uh, definitely no no hate or anything towards Trey Young on our end uh, I think he's a really good player and like you said it's going to be really good for the NBA going forward if uh, if that rivalry can bud the way the way we hope it will. But uh, I want to I want to add one more thing real quick to that before we before we move on. Um, I need to I need to be a man and eat my crow because before the season started, I thought that uh, I thought that Trey was going to be absolutely terrible in the NBA. I thought the comparisons to Steph were way out of bounds. I think they still are, but. He is much, much better than I thought he was going to be. And I was very outspoken about how I thought that, you know, he was essentially, I was saying he was essentially the one player I didn't want the Mavericks to draft out of those top five to seven guys that everybody's talking about. Well, and I, I, and I still I, I was really wrong, and I'm, I just want to admit that on, you know, onto the, the media sphere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I can I can get it off my chest. Well, I'm I'm glad you've gotten some closure there, but I mean I just, look, I I thought he would be inconsistent, which as great as he has been this second half of the season, he started off you know really poor, especially with his you know his shooting percentages, and I kind of thought that he would wear down. I I thought he might start out hot and then wear down towards the end of the season like he did at Oklahoma uh, last year and into the, the NCAA tournament, it's kind of been the opposite. You know, he started out really slow, kind of sluggish, had to find his footing, and now he seemingly has, has got it. So, well, Right now he's like an NBA jam player. Right. So, I mean, good for Trey. I mean, he, he's been great. Uh, he's going to make for one heck of a rookie of the year runner-up to Luka. And it's gonna it's gonna be great watching those two teams go at it uh, in the near future. But we could talk so much more on that. But first, we're gonna take a little bit of a break here. When we get back, we're gonna have our guy Fish on here to to talk about uh, NBA free agency. We're gonna talk about uh, Dirk and D Wade, and then Fish is gonna. Uh, tell us about his exclusive with Mark Cuban regarding the the Rick Carlisle and the Los Angeles Lakers rumor. So, hang tight. All right, next up, we got our guy Fish here with us, Mike Fisher. Uh, how you doing tonight, Fish? Well, I'm uh, keeping an eye on Mavericks Heat. And I was drinking a beer, and then I decided to eat some peanut M&M's, so then I switched to water. So, because uh, beer and peanut M&M's really is very healthy, but but water and peanut M&M's is fantastic. So that's how, that's how I'm doing. Um, I, I, I thought your, you guys on Twitter um, on Thursday night, and, and your uh, playfulness regarding Yane Wade... Uh, and Dirk, uh, and and then obviously the organic tanking that results in another Mavericks loss. Uh, it was all uh, it was all beautiful. I, I think it's really, I, I think it's admirable of Dirk Nowitzki to pretend that he liked Dwayne Wade. Very admirable. <laughs> well, you know, people people were. I've had a couple people tell me that. Uh, you know, maybe the the Mavs should have done a tribute video the same way the Heat did. Uh, at American Airlines Arena uh, Thursday night for Dirk and Wade. And, I mean, I just don't have a problem with it. You know, they're not... Why fake it? You know why, you know why the Magic... I mean, uh, the Heat did it for Dirk is because they don't have any reason to hate Dirk. Right. Nobody does. The fact that Dirk Nowitzki... 
beat you once, there's no reason to hate him. That's not what Dwayne Wade did. And so the, there's the difference. The and, and you asked a great question on Twitter about did Dwayne Wade get – in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll take your uh, question a step beyond. Did Dwayne Wade, in his announced final season, which is different than Dirk's, which is the anticipated final season, did Dwayne Wade get any impromptu farewells in any NBA city? Impromptu farewells. I don't think he did. I mean, I I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't. I don't think he did either. He he played at Marquette, so maybe maybe the Bucks did something. You know, Bucks fans maybe. He probably got one in Chicago, I would think, because he's I think he's from Chicago. From Chicago, but but no, uh, the, the the Utah Jazz, I'm guessing, did not spontaneously celebrate Dwayne Wade being in town. Uh, that's that, that, that you know. Prove us wrong. Right. Whereas Dirk Nowitzki, if you didn't schedule a goodbye, mostly because you're not sure he's retiring. Although the Mavericks certainly are preparing as if they are. I can tell you that. Um, if you didn't schedule a goodbye, the the fans or the opposing coach or somebody scheduled one for you, and that's the difference between Dwayne Wade and Dirk. Yeah, and Matt and I, we were talking about this earlier. We were on different <laughs> different sides of the fence on this one. You know, he he's he's all into the the tanking mode right now. And I'm just thinking, I saw that graphic earlier where you know head to head matchups, Wade and and Dirk, they were completely even. So this one, I know it doesn't matter, but just to have it on paper, oh, Dirk had one more win over Wade for his career. That would. That would have made me feel good, and I, I know okay, that's a good point. <laughs> um, but I, I've made this campaign for Dirk Nowitzki for a long time. You guys are are barely young enough to remember. Oh, why don't they put Dirk on Sports Center, and why isn't Dirk on the cover of Sports Illustrated? And my, I made my piece a long time ago with I don't care what Bristol thinks of Dirk Nowitzki, or what Manhattan thinks of him, or what Hollywood thinks of him. I don't care because I already know. Uh, I'm about ready to do that with Luca. Uh, uh, he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but like you guys are having a, a ball, having arguments with Hawks fans and media people, uh, or <laughs> pseudo media people. That's and, one and way I to put it. Your, I appreciate your passion because I used to do that, but now I'm like, I already know what Luca is. I don't need to win an argument. I, I'm, I'm, I already know. Uh, and and we can do the same thing with Dirk Nowitzki and. The chart that you're talking about, and I think that was the ESPN chart, right? It was. Okay, but you'll notice what they, and I think the, the, the Mavs highlight guy on Twitter pointed this out. They left out one of Dirk's accomplishments so all the boxes and rows could be even. They left out league MVP. That's true. Which That's... Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's never been league MVP. So, so had they put that in, it would have screwed up the balance of their beautifully balanced chart and box and it would have also caused us to go oh wait a minute they're not the same just because they've won the same number of games is not the same as one of them being a league mvp and the other one having a really really good week in 2006 (laughs) thank you fish i appreciate i appreciate your side of the argument that was beautiful that was beautiful i've been been trying to call him saying about about Boy, I wish the New, you know, not New York Times because that's Mark Stein. You know, I wish the New York Post would recognize how good Luca is, or Dwight Powell is, or Rick Carlisle. I, I'm too old to care anymore because I'm confident <laughs> that that we, as Mavericks observers, we we already know what we're talking about without without needing Colin Cowherd to tell us that we're right. That's really what it is. It's not. You know, when if we ever respond to to somebody on the, you know, on the outside looking in to our our Mavericks situation, it's not really that we think there's any substance to it. It's just more, I don't know. It's just more annoying than anything else. You you feel the need to to educate people. <laughs> yeah, I, like, on, my yeah. thing is my thing is I really don't like idiots. So, so when I see idiots on basketball Twitter, I just can't help myself sometimes. Okay, I'm with you there, but I I agree with what Dalton says, and I, I have a problem. With, this is my curse, is when I see a mistake, not that I don't make many of them, but I, I want to go mop it up. And that's why I 
get myself caught up in, well, you know, the morning news said so-and-so, but I have to tell you, that's not, well, that gets me in trouble sometimes <laughs> because I feel obliged to be the guy who's at the end of the parade with a big broom sweeping up other people's horse shit. And, and I, I wish I didn't, I, I wish I didn't have to be at the back of the parade. I wish I could just be on a float. Why can't I just be on a float? Um, but I, I do understand what you, what you boys are saying that, it's it's a mistake. It's a mistake to say that Trey Young is going to win Rookie of the Year over Luca. That's a mistake. He's not going to. It's a mistake to say that Mike Fisher and Sean Sharif, because we had this deal the other day on the, on one of five through the fan, or that Dalton Traeger or or the Matt that you guys think Luca's going to win Rookie of the Year because you're homers. The people that vote aren't homers. I don't even know what how, how it works anymore. How many voters are there? Do you guys know? I have no clue. I don't know. But, you know I, I do know it's all media. The last time I checked, the, the predominance of voters are in New York and Los Angeles. They're not Mavs homers, and they're going to vote for Luca. So this isn't a homer issue. This is this is an obvious issue, and that's not to say, as we wrote the other day, I thought uh, TJ Macias did a great job on this, that the, the, the Kings aren't wrong about Marvin Bagley. There's nothing wrong with Marvin Bagley. There's nothing wrong with Trey Young. There's nothing wrong with DeAndre Jordan. But but they're not going to win Rookie of the Year. Luka Doncic is. And that's not a homer view. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and going back to that, that Dirk Wade, uh, that that picture, that, that little chart that they put up on ESPN, I definitely see what you're talking about. They had to make it look pretty. They had to make it look dead even as the i think the headline was dead even at the top of it but <laughs> you're absolutely right they left out a a very important piece there and uh and, that, and they also the left out the who's what are you six foot three yeah i'm six three almost six four and, okay six four and matt godson what are you five eleven sure <laughs> i can make you guys look like you're the same height if i just tilt the picture that's the ESPN tilted the picture. But well, and, and Wade are not the same. They're, they're, and, they're not, they're, they're not, not, not the same. Not in so many ways. Another thing they left out was uh, the fact that Dirk just went back into sixth place all-time scoring past Wilt Chamberlain. You know, Dwayne Wade's not anywhere near Dirk on that list. Right, why wasn't that on the list? Okay, I'll give you a great example, and you know, this is why I hate um, instant replay in football because we and basketball because we're pretending that a TV camera with a piece of glass that goes through a wire and then broadcasts through another piece of glass that that's better than the human eye, and it's so stupid. You guys watch Al Michaels on football, right? Yeah. Okay, have you ever seen when they're when they're doing their shot from the booth, and it's Al Michaels and Chris Collins? They always have Al Michaels way in front of Chris Collins to make it appear that Chris Collins isn't a foot taller than Al Michaels, which he is. Because Al Michaels doesn't want you to know that he's a midget. So just because, so same way with the ESPN Wade versus Dirk, just because they let Dwayne Wade stand on a box next to Dirk doesn't mean they're the same height. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. That's definitely fair. And look, hey, we can. I meant small people or dwarfs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whichever it is. Well, look, we could we could go on it. I mean, I could I could probably talk fifty minutes on this one subject, but you're absolutely right. Uh, there's in the grand scheme of it all, there's really. There's no comparison, in my opinion. You know, Wade, he has he has more championships, but, you know, two of those were cheapened, in my opinion, uh, compared to what Dirk did over his, his own super team in 2011. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, it's probably best for the Mavs in the long run that, that they did drop this game when they did. Uh, I believe currently, Matt, I don't know if you have it pulled up right now. I believe they're sitting – Six. It, it should be two games back of of the uh, of the Hawks. So yeah, they're two games back. They're in sixth, uh, game ahead of Memphis. 
Okay, yeah, because and the Hawks they've they've won three straight, I believe, and you know they're playing really good basketball. It's it's not out of the question to think that they could end up with the fifth best odds in the lottery with with seven games left. So, well, you guys need to, somebody somebody smart needs to do a story. We we had this conversation, a long conversation today about about the new lottery setup and the top four, and you know, can the Mavericks finish fifth? And that's getting confused with the top five protected pick. Right. So, so you want to break it down here, or do you want to write a story about it? We can actually do both. I mean, I, I can write a story, a quick story about it, just to kind of you know clear it up a little bit. But just because the Mavs would end up with the you know the fifth best odds, that doesn't guarantee them to keep that pick. So. I mean, you Correct. could you could still get you could end the season and have the fifth best odds, and then come May fourteenth, uh, you know, have some bad luck with the ping pong balls, and you fall down to sixth or seventh or whatever, and then the Hawks still get right. that pick. So, okay, it, so that, one, that that's one thing that needs to be clarified is the the lottery ball, you know, the top five protected is is post lottery ball, right? Okay, but then then there's the other thing. What if the can the Mavericks? If the Mavericks finish sixth in the Tankathon, can they win the number five slot? No. No. Okay. That's what my man Mark Shank says, who's a mathematical genius. Yeah. Therefore, while the sixth pick is by by the sixth slot in the Tankathon is attractive, the fifth slot is is exponentially more attractive. I completely agree. Thank you. And so. Rick Carlisle, I know you cringe at having to say this and even think about it publicly. You have got to move from sixth to fifth. Right. When you're only when you're only two games back and the way the Hawks have been playing lately and there's seven games left, I mean the Hawks only have to win two more games than the Mavs for for, for that to be a tie, I believe. So you ideally you want the Hawks to win three more the rest of the way. Uh, if the Mavs aren't going to win one, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm with you guys. I would I'd rather have fifth. I th- uh, the best odds we can get, the better. But I'm not stressing too much over it either because you know last season we ended up with the third best odds and moved down two spots to fifth. And well, yeah, <laughs> the stressing over it is a good point. No, no matter how much we yell at our TV sets, it doesn't change the outcome. But I, I do think that, that educating all of us on here's what it means, here's what you're shooting for, here's why here's why sixth can't get fifth. So to get fifth, to stay protected, you must go get fifth. I, I think that's an important angle. And, of course, with the two games with Memphis, and you guys can uh, nod your heads at this, Memphis is not trying to lose anymore. Right? Yeah. No, they want to convey their pick because they want a clean slate. I heard about this uh, a couple of days ago. They want a clean slate, and they want to convey their pick to Boston and just get it over with so they can you know, be free of owing any more picks in the future. Okay, good for us. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because there's... more games against Memphis, they are trying to win, and you should be trying to lose. And this is why... This is why I was probably the only person in the DFW area who was upset about the Mavericks blowout win over Golden State. I really I really thought they needed that loss cuz you know, now if that had happened they're a game and a half back right now of Atlanta right now instead right. of two. So Now let's yeah. let's get into uh, for a moment organic tanking though. And I know you guys understand it and I'm so uh flattered that 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 thing's really common. Jeff Skin Wade was talking about it the other day on the Mavs broadcast. So I'm really glad in, in a couple of years it's taken hold here. Um, trademark hashtag copyright. <laughs> yeah. Organic tanking. Beating Golden, beating Golden State is part of organic tanking. Yeah, I mean just, they can't lose. They can't lose every game. I mean they've they've got to they've got to show that they're capable of something because I mean you. You you've got to think about you know going into free agency. Even though you know Porzingis isn't playing, and uh, they traded off four starters uh, from earlier this season and all that. So obviously, uh, you know it takes time for the new team to mesh. And KP isn't playing, so you're going to lose some games. 
But you got to have a game like Golden State every now and then just to kind of, you know, show what you're capable of. And Steph Curry didn't yeah, play. You, you couldn't purposely lose every game. Right. You could You could start. You could call up a bunch of Texas legends and they play. But that's but that and that would be tanking. You could even you could even tell tell somebody I want you to shoot a three pointer every time down the floor if you wanted to. I suppose theoretically you could even tell somebody I want you to throw the ball out of bounds on this. I mean, isn't that what New Orleans did the other day with their in that New Orleans Phoenix game? Well, they uh, oh, yeah. they called a timeout they didn't have. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's that's tanking to the point of throwing it. They threw that game. They threw it. They they fixed the game. And 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 I admire that the Mavericks don't want to go that far. And so that's why we call came up with organic tanking, which is you are not trying to lose. So the Mavericks tried to win in Golden State early on. They made a bunch of shots. Steph Curry wasn't playing, and so you just happened to win. And I have to live with that result. Because I do believe that, that there is a poison and a cancer that can creep into a franchise. If you tell players, throw the ball out of bounds, or we're going to call timeouts that we don't have, we're going to so obviously and intentionally lose on purpose that the stink of being losers might stick to us. Which, And I don't think that's going to happen to the Mavericks because Luka Doncic is not trying to lose. Dorian Finney-Smith is not trying to lose. Instead... The Mavericks are, are letting things happen. What was the score tonight going into the fourth quarter? The score on Thursday night? That was... Uh, I think they were up 10. Mavericks were or, up or 10. To it. Somewhere yeah, right. around there. They got outscored by... The quarter, they got out, kind of happened. Yeah, they got outscored by 13 in the fourth quarter. So. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look, I, I think it would be really... I think it would be really difficult on the ego and the psyche to say, hey, Costas, uh, you're going to start and play 48 minutes and shoot three-pointers every time you touch the ball. Because then that, that's tanking. This is better. And yes, yeah. the Mavericks end up losing a ping-pong ball over it. Really, I can live with it. One of the, one of the best tanking stats that I just and it's not a big one but I've just been kind of looking at stuff here uh Salah Mejri for his career before this season has shot seven three-pointers so for his entire career before this this season he's shot seven he shot he shot eight in the in the last like couple of months and he's got 11 on the season he's made four of them so he's not he hasn't been terrible but <laughs> he, he just they're letting measure let it fly from deep so i mean that <laughs> and that's not that's not trying to lose because for some measure and, and everybody else in this league being able to make three pointers that's what coaches are telling all the players so it, it fits into Solomon's trying to win. He's trying to make them. Um, this also, by the way, folds into Dalton Triggs' very public argument um, with certain media figures who <laughs> disagree completely with the idea that that this this is a, quote, better team than it was before the trade. Uh, there's, there's no right answer. So, so, Dalton, you're not necessarily right. But when we evaluate whether or not you're right, we need to throw in, this guy got hurt, uh, the team lost a bunch of games that was still trying to win pre-organic tanking. Uh, uh, this guy was trying to kind of fit his way in, and then the next thing you know, Salah Mejri, who, if anybody needs a reminder, was the guy that got cut at the trade deadline. Right. Three days later, was back starting. He just got cut, and so um, if you want to say that the Mavericks don't have don't have some core talents and in some ways could help them now more than the group from before, then you're disagreeing not only with Dalton Trigg, you're disagreeing with Dirk Davitsky, who said the other night, and we wrote the story about it, we're, we're, we're a better team than we were. Our record's not better, but, but, but this team is going places more than that team was, and that's enough. Right. Absolutely. This kind of brings me into something else that I wanted to talk about with you, Fish. And that's... Uh, Obviously, there's only, what is it, seven games left now? Yep. And 
every game, at least in my opinion, that Luca keeps playing is an opportunity for him to get hurt and have to sit out next season. And I know I'm probably being a little soft about it. You know, it's he's being paid to play basketball. He should do his job, whatever. But could you make a case to shut him down for the rest of the year? First of all, to the you know the, the, the soft thing, and I get it. Uh, you know, you can get hurt getting in and out of the bathtub, <laughs> and so you you can't you can't approach your NBA game saying, "Oh, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt." Right. But but uh, let's try this first of all. Can you wish that Luca would would have a knee bruise that would give you reason to go to him and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down for a while." Because I don't want to crush his competitive spirit either. So I wish I could have a reason besides wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, it's I, like I wish, it's like tonight. You know, he he bumped knees with uh, Derek Jones Jr. and he was noticeably limping. You know, throughout the game, he he didn't sit. You know, he came back in and um, he didn't finish the game out the way you you'd hope he would. But uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with the knee or not. But it's something like that where he was obviously in some pain but it wasn't serious but it could be something to where he sits out the next game you know teams the, the, the one that jumps out to me is the phoenix suns with tyson chandler they like they were shut those last they were shutting him down like in october <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 maybe tyson chandler's psyche can handle it and he understands it and it's going to be okay um uh, am I gonna? Do I really want to tell Luca? Hey, there's a thousand people here in Miami from Slovenia. They came to see you versus your big brother Doran Dragic. Uh, 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 but but we're gonna pretend that your knee hurts. I I, I I guess I can't do that. I want his knee to actually hurt. <laughs> that is what I want. By the way, you you mentioned that that was. That was one of the craziest atmospheres, especially towards the end of the game, because Drogic, he had a, a triple-double against Luka. Luka almost had a triple-double, but uh, those Slovenian fans in the crowd, I mean, it looked, at one point, the the atmosphere felt like you were you were overseas at one of those... <laughs> one of those national games over there. It was, it was really cool to witness. And Matt, I know... I'm Dr- sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but aren't we forgetting something? It's future Dallas Maverick, Goran Dragic. Well, quite, quite possibly. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's not, he's not at the top of our wish list. But if I have to, if I have to compromise my way down, and again, for, for the millionth time, you cannot start free agent bidding by saying our number one target is going to be Bucevic. That's ridiculous. Our number one target's going to be Drogic's. That's foolish. Your number one target's got to be the number one person. But but if you move your way down after finding out that the number one person doesn't love you back, and and you end up bringing um, more Doncic-friendly players who are Bill Duffy clients, and all of a sudden this looks like Dallas, Slovenia, Dallas, Yugoslavia, <laughs> Dallas, Germany, uh, that, that might not be a bad thing. Because oh. if it's Luka-friendly, it's a good thing. Well, let, let me let me be let me be clear here. I'm not I'm not advocating for him to be their number one their number one choice this summer. What I'm saying is, I think he's going to be a maverick, no matter what they do. So I I I I think they have plenty of avenues to get it. We're, we're going to ask you about this as well about the kind of flexibility they have this summer because, I mean, in the last time you came on our podcast, you talked about. Um, if, a, if an agent wants his player to be somewhere or if a player wants to be somewhere, his agent can get him there. I see no reason why he, why uh, Drogic, I can never say his name, Drogic could, uh, would not want to be in Dallas with his, you know, as you said, a little brother. They could use the, the, the biggest trade exception in NBA history and, you know, do it that way. Or they, they could, he could decide he's going to opt out and sign with Dallas, you know, a la DeAndre Jordan, but I, or, I just, or, or, and we, you know, people poo poo this, but the sign and trade is, you know, it's, it's a tool. Yeah. yeah so as well. if he tells Miami, listen, and, and this would be the nicest way to do it. 
because we talk about how do we get, you know, so it's $30 million, right? Well, yeah, unless, because you can't get Kevin Durant for $30 million, so you have to do other things. Well, what about the stretch provision for Courtney Lee? Well, this, the problem with the stretch provision is it still costs you money. So why not just trade Courtney Lee? So, so in, the, in your example of Drogic, why not just go to Miami and say, hey, listen, he's, he's leaving. We'll give you this, this, and this for him, and we'll take him. Right. And, and, and then you, so you fold him into that, that money that you just flipped involving Courtney Lee. And then, again, I'm, I'm still that, – that better not be all you do. You know, no, he's, a, he's an $18 million dollar guy or whatever. That, that, that's not enough. Um, but he, if he's half of what you do, because Durant, Thompson, et cetera, told you no, then the Mavericks are way better next year than they are right now. Way better, and a legitimate playoff contender, obviously. Yeah, and a, another way they could open up some, uh, some, some more cap space. Obviously, Dwight Powell, he's got that player option coming up, and you know, even if he opts in at this point. He's been playing so well, you know, the, the latter half of the season that I don't think they would have any problem finding a, a, a trade partner for him uh, if they just wanted to open up that space. Because, yeah, it's $10 million, but he's been playing really well. He's a good energy guy off the bench. Uh, he's been a starter a lot here lately, and he's played well in that role too. But, uh it's also an expiring contract, so whoever would be trading for him isn't on the hook for him long. So I think that at first I was – at the beginning of the season I was kind of worried if he did opt in, uh, maybe they wouldn't be able to do much with it. But I, at this point, the way he's played, I think he could be an asset for another team, and I think it you know, it'd be fairly easy for them to, to shed him if they wish to do that. Well, they are David Lord at DallasBasketball.com was the first guy, and, and he – pretty much predicted is that they they'll, they'll get out from under Harrison Barnes and and Dwight Powell will opt out and people scoffed at him because we were coming up with those gigantic numbers of cap room that they could come up with right well they did get out from under Harrison Barnes and they can't lose on on DP now if, if he opts in number one and you keep him that's a that's a good 10 million dollar player there's nothing wrong with him as a player. I don't want him to speak. He's not a starter on a good team. But, but no, he's but, a good $10 million player. Two, he opts in, as you say, Dalton, and then you trade him. And some other team gets a good $10 million player. That's fine. Or, as David Lord has preached all along, he he opts out because some other team wants to give him more than $10 million. And so it's win, win, win for the Mavericks. I, I, I really like him. I think everybody that knows him does. Um, he, is, he is very earnest in his approach to getting better. He's very conscientious in his approach to getting better. And there aren't enough of those guys in the NBA. But having said that, I want my $10 million in cap room too. Well, I think that isn't the – I'm assuming the cap is projected to go up this season, I feel this summer. I feel like I've heard that somewhere. Is that the case? It is. It always does. Okay, so I feel like any team who if does if Powell does opt in, any team who looks at him and sees what he can do and, and bring to the table with all the energy and the you know, the way he rolls to the rim and all those things, that is worth a lot. <laughs> and and ten million dollars for that kind of skill set with the cap cap going up and the market likely going up for all the players of that of that talent level. I mean that's a bargain. At least that's how I feel about it. And and if he opts in, then it ends up being a bargain here. Exactly. So I I like the way you put it. It's a win win win. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean we we're talking about we're talking about Powell, you know, opting into a a one year deal, and then there's a lot of options there and everything. Well, you know, we were talking about Drajic, and it's really kind of the same thing. I mean, unless he opts out. And the Mavs wanted to trade, uh, wanted to sign him to a multi-year deal. I mean, if you could pull off a trade, let's just you know, just to just to spitball here, say you send Courtney Lee to Miami or Dwight Powell or whatever, you know, then you've got Drajic on a one-year deal. And I mean, I know he's, I believe he's 32 this year, 
Uh, Matt, you might know that offhand. I do not. Yes, Dra- Dragic is 32 years old and uh, 18 million this summer. I think is the number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, people people look at that age and think, man. Well, I I don't know, but I mean, you saw tonight, uh, last night rather, firsthand that uh, what he can still do, and. He's he's only 32, and people forget like when the Mavs traded for Jason Kidd back in the day, he was 34, and he still had a lot of real good basketball going forward, and that team was ready to win now, and you know he was a vital piece to that championship team. So uh, if the Mavs, uh, they should be a win now team with Kristaps Porzingis and Luca going into his second season, and uh, if you add a, a guy like Goran Dragic and uh, whoever else they potentially add this summer, I mean, I think it could be a surefire playoff team, and I'm not sure exactly how high they would be in that, but I, I think they would definitely make the playoffs. Well, never. we always like to remind people around here at DallasBasketball.com, never forget who runs this league. The agents run this league. Uh, unlike, unlike any other league by far, you know, in the NFL, the owners run the league. The, the players have zero power. Um, the, the agents flex their muscles but have very little. We're seeing that in the Tank Lawrence case. Uh, but in the NBA, Bill, Bill Duffy will run this. Bill Duffy goes to the Mavericks and says, I can get you him, him, and him. We're going to do it this, this, and this way. And, you know, unless the Mavericks dislike the player, and obviously they do not dislike Vucevic, they do not dislike Drogic, the Mavericks will end up saying yes to that kind of thing. Right. So, you know, it's in in no other sport, and I'm so proud of DallasBasketball.com. We are the worldwide leader in this. We're making the connection. Keep an eye on that player because he's that guy's agent, and that guy's agent also represents this guy and this guy, uh, and and has a relationship with Donnie or Cuban or whatever. That that's what drives all of this. Right. And look, just. I'm going to branch off of this. Uh, I agree with everything you're saying there. And you, you were talking about how agents run this league. And really, late uh, up until this year, it, it was looking like Clutch Sports specifically, you know, was, was trying to run everything. And then, uh, you know, LeBron, he went to the Lakers and they're eliminated from playoff contention. And uh, at the deadline, they tried to you know, basically forced the Pelicans to trade Anthony Davis over there and uh, they the Pelicans didn't give in and uh, something else we were going to talk to you about. Now there's been uh, a rumor out there that the Lakers are interested in, you know, potentially stealing away Rick Carlisle. And I know I know you have you ha- you had an exclusive here recently about that. Tell us a little bit about that fish. Well, I almost texted Rick Carlisle. <laughs> to ask to get his comment, and I thought, no, it's it's so stupid. <laughs> so I said, so who, who can I take a stupid idea to? So I took it to Mark Cuban, a- and I'm not saying that Mark Stein's report is wrong. Mark Stein's reports are never wrong, literally, for 25 years. But the Lakers are wrong. The the, the, the Lakers thinking that they're going to somehow pry Rick Carlisle, who just signed an extension here away from the Mavericks and break up the triangle of trust. So I just, I, I so I'm talking with Cuban and, and his response is LOL. I said, yeah, that, that's good. That's a good response, but I'd like the whole sentence, please. And he goes, no, my response is LOL. Just write that. And so, so, so that's it. So the, the, the Lakers are in such a, a shit storm that they're not even taken seriously on the idea that they, they're going to lure a court coach. And listen, they, they've got, they got Hollywood and they've got babes and they got the beach and they got the mountains and they got Malibu and, but, but they're not going to get Rick Carlisle because in a wild twist right now, playing for the Dallas Mavericks and coaching for the Dallas Mavericks is more attractive than being a Los Angeles Laker, which I never thought I would say. It's been that way for a long time. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> it has. Last decade or so. But, <laughs> sure, I mean, sure it has. Here's, Here's the truth about Los Angeles, though, and and I don't know why it doesn't work with the Clippers. Maybe it someday will. Literally, I mean, you, 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 nothing against Dallas. I, I love Dallas, and you can you can become a, a a king in Dallas, but a king in Dallas is not the same 
as a king in Los Angeles, especially if you're inter- interested in the entertainment industry. And so um, you, you become not just – maybe you're not a movie star in Los Angeles. Maybe you're just a movie producer. And, and the next thing you know, you're helping to run Hollywood or or the music industry or whatever else. It's it's really unique. It's nothing quite like it. New York's not like it. And I understand why a 23-year-old African-American guy who's single would want to be in Los Angeles. But Rick Carlisle is not African-American, is not 22, and is not single. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not not only that, but I mean... I could see how certain players would want to play with LeBron, you know, especially good three-point shooters, more more role player types, really, at this point. Uh, but I mean, what coach would willingly want to play with LeBron, given his track record of, you know, how many coaches have been fired under his watch? So I mean, you would have to be somebody who was picked by LeBron, right? Well, it's not just about. That's why Tom and Lou is going to be the next head coach of the Lakers. <laughs> well, it's 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 not just about the fact that LeBron has a track record for running coaches out of town, or that he has his guys, or or whatever. This also ha- is about Rick Carlisle because he's a guy who likes to be in control, and he likes things done his way. We saw it with Rajon Rondo and Dennis Smith Jr., and that is not who LeBron is. Incorrect. Th- those, those two knots who. And this goes for a lot of management teams, ownership teams in the NBA. Listen, Mark Cuban, love him or hate him or flawed or whatever you think. They have come up with a formula, and we call it the triangle of trust. And more than ever now, Donnie Nelson is really the general manager. And Mark Cuban is really the owner. And Rick Carlisle is really the coach. And they don't conflict. They certainly don't conflict publicly. They have incredible trust with one another. They don't have the owner's wife making declarations around here. Uh, they they don't have uh, the owner having somebody that he met at the racetrack and he makes him the head scout. Uh, all, all these other zany things that happen in these other NBA cities, they, they, we don't have that here. And it's because Cuban and Donnie and Rick Carlisle have a uniquely special relationship. And I think Carlisle appreciates it too much to say, yeah, I know, but I'd also like to be a record producer, so I'm going to go to the Lakers. When when the whole report, I also am a big, gigantic fan of Mark Stein. I think he's brilliant. The guy's um, amazing. He's probably my favorite NBA reporter, not named Mike Fisher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> so, you know, every time he says something, I take it as gospel. But, you know, as you said a minute ago, Fish the Lakers are going to say what they want to say and they're going to have that kind of, you know, that personality and that arrogance to think they can just go get whoever they want whenever they want. And that doesn't, it, it, the whole thing is just asinine to me and it, it, it made me laugh. The organization that's tried to pull that for 20 years publicly is the Knicks. For 20 years, the Knicks are saying, I'll tell you who we're targeting this year. We're, we're you know, we're going to get we're going to get astronauts. We're going to get uh, superstars. We're going to get presidents. We're going to get anything we want. And then they get nobody because because the the city is special, but the franchise isn't. And the Lakers haven't now made the playoffs in six years. So the city is special, but the franchise specialness is fading. And the fact that LeBron James couldn't take them anywhere, I, I still find stunning. I really do. He's, he's taken mediocre teams before and gone to finals. And and the fact that he couldn't do it this year maybe speaks to the, some problems with the organization. But I, I, I like your point about how just just speaking it loudly doesn't turn it into reality. And, and we should make sure we don't take for granted what this management team has with each other. In New Orleans... Tom Benson owned the Saints. He died. His wife took over the Saints. She also owns the New Orleans basketball team. Uh, last time I checked, uh, Mickey Loomis is the general manager of the Saints, and he also runs the Pelicans. What? <laughs> you can't do that. Um, the last time I watched the Knicks, I saw the owner of the Knicks yelling and arguing with a fan 
and saying you're banned from the stadium because the fan doesn't like the Knicks losing. Uh, I got Mr. Taylor in Minnesota who's saying things out of turn that are in conflict with the things his general manager and his coach are saying about players. And then Minnesota, the Timberwolves, they change coaches and general managers there as often as I change underwear. And, and on and on it goes with some of these franchises that, that are lost. The Mavericks are not without pimples, but the Mavericks' triangle of trust in terms of its work with each other is not lost. Yeah, I think it's great that uh, they, they stick together the way they do. I mean, they it's been rough here the last few years. You know, it's, it's the third straight year the Mavericks will be out of the playoffs. But, you know, uh, we're – we mentioned a while ago that just speaking something loudly doesn't make it happen, but you better believe we're going to be yelling to the heavens until May 14th to <laughs> try and will will the number one pick to the Dallas Mavericks, and then uh, we'll see where that takes us going further into, into free agency. But, Fish, uh, really good stuff tonight. We appreciate you coming on with us as always. It's been a pleasure. Um Really appreciate it, Matt. You have anything to add before Fish goes? Uh, not really. Um, I just also thank you, Fish. I really appreciate it, and uh, I will have that gamer done in no time. I promise. All right, go get him. <laughs> Thanks, boys. All right, we'll see you, Fish. All right, everybody. That's gonna do it for another episode of the Step Back. We really appreciate you guys coming in and listening uh, every single week. Uh, you've been great. Uh, we've been we've been very uh, grateful as to how how much this thing has grown in a short period of time and uh we've got some really really good guests lined up in the future uh before the draft lottery we've got some some good ones coming up after the season uh towards the draft and free agency stuff like that so uh keep coming every week and uh we've got some good stuff here for you at the step back matt you have anything to add uh, yeah, just go check out DallasBasketball.com. We've got some uh, some pretty good stuff up. Uh, you know, Fish talked about the Rick Carlisle thing a few minutes ago, but, um, you know, we, he's got a story up on that on the site. Um, I've also got uh, – we've, we've got TJ's thing up there about uh, the Kings and the Mavs and Bagley versus Luka and all that. Um, and then <clears> – <throat> my gamer as well uh recapping the heat loss and talking a little bit about my uh basketball man crush uh goran future dallas maverick goran Dragic. <laughs> so yeah but that's it um just uh stay tuned into there we've got some pretty good stuff coming forward so yeah and uh i mean like i said can't thank you guys enough uh Hope you guys have a great weekend. There's not much Mavs basketball going on. They do play at Oklahoma City on Sunday. Uh, but other than that, just enjoy y'all's weekend and tune in next week, and we will get ready for that Memphis back-to-back. So uh, y'all have a good one, and we'll see you next week. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no action, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float.